The process began, and that's being, being like, made like Christ. We call that being sanctified. How many of you, after you got born again, it was a little of a surprise to you that you still had to deal with the old you? Right? Okay. Uh, and so uh, that's called sanctification, and that's a process. And so these next 10 weeks have to do with uh, learning and to live like Jesus. And today I'm going to introduce that to you in a moment. But here I want to give you a, a fourfold church-wide call to commitment that I want to encourage all of us to really plug into us. If you got, how many of you got this by way of email this weekend? If you didn't, if you, uh, good. You need to read your emails every once in a while. The first one is this. Here's the church-wide call to commitment, and that's read. Everyone say read. What I want you to read. Well, I want you to read a lot of what God wants you to read, but here's what we're going to read together over the next 10 weeks. Not speed read, but just devotionally read and think and ponder and meditate. I want to encourage you this week, beginning this week, and over the next 10 weeks, read through all four of the Gospels. Just read the red. Read through the Gospels. Okay, and when you read through the Gospels, just in fact, this morning I started this morning, and I just had so much fun. Even in Matthew, you think, do I have to read Matthew where it starts off with that so and so begat so and so? Well, sure, that's the word of the Lord, and I just got into all of a sudden I got into uh, you know the just so many things, and just the light came on, and I sensed the presence of God, and I, I, God was speaking to me through the Gospels, and I believe when we read through the red, we read through the gospels the life of jesus begins to live in and begins to it can even live through us because the bible says the word of god is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword so i want to encourage you to do that just read through it devotionally and stop take notes hey make a a, a diary or a journal and just things that you think and things that you feel and things you sense god telling you today so what are we going to do over the next 10 weeks we're going to read through the gospels and just take your time enjoy the journey and if you want to just expand get on right now media if you're not on right now media you got a free subscription to the christian netflix uh and and you just need you need to either engage with that or give me your email sign up we'll get you on there and you can go in and there's all kinds of studies and and helpful hints and ways and means to study the word of god great children's ministry things as well Uh, and so everyone say read Number two, the second church-wide call of commitment is pray. You say, well, that goes without saying. Well, I just want to engage you at the place of prayer over the next 10 weeks and kind of maybe follow the model that Jesus had. If you want to live like Jesus, you might need to pray like Jesus. And it says in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, Now in the morning, having risen a great while before daylight. Let me give you some encouragement. How many of you are not a morning person? And this, just, just hang on. When you get older, it starts happening. I have an alarm clock that goes off. It's not a spiritual one. It's just my bladder. I'm sorry, but that's the way that works. And now I'm an early morning person. And so, uh, and if that, if you need some help, fall in love with coffee a little bit and, and come on in. But Jesus would rise a great while before daylight and he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there he what? Prayed. And so let me ask this this morning. Uh, let me stop and pause. Everybody punch the pause button. How many of you like uh, uh, Brent to turn on the air conditioning a little bit? 
Okay, all right. That's one of those mornings. We'll do that. It's one of those mornings we started. We didn't need it, but now we do. Uh, and so he'll do that. And so we're, I want to encourage you to pray. I want you to become strategic. I want you to set your, whatever time you have to set your alarm clock, just uh, uh, maybe set it 20 minutes early. Or, or if you really want to be like Jesus, he asked his disciples, why could you not tarry with me with just one hour? Well, I mean, we give our time. You know what? This thing right here started doing something that scared me really bad. It started watching how much and, and taking note as to how much I spent on it. And every week I get a report and I said, that, that can't be true. That's not right. And that, that, and no way I spent that much time staring at Facebook. Absolutely, it tells you. And if we can stare at Facebook or just whatever for hours on end, maybe we could give Jesus a little time. And so I want to encourage you, if you want to live like Jesus, hey, listen, you're going to have to take some time and talk to him and, and at the place of prayer. Everyone say, read. What are we going to read? The Gospels. Number two, pray. We're going to pray. In fact, if you want a prayer model, just go to Matthew 6 and start praying through the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. And if you need some little outline, we've got some of that available to you. And then number three is come. I want everyone to come. Where are we going to come? Hebrews 10, uh, 24 says, forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. I want to promise you something. I want to promise you if you'll be here every Sunday that you most, uh, that you possibly can. I know some of you have to, uh, have to work at times. If you'll be here, if you'll just say, you know what? I'm not going to let the, the, the little things, the little foxes spoil the vine. I'm going to make a commitment over the next 10 weeks to do everything in my power to be here uh, and just and, and if you will show up guess what will happen God will begin to speak to you just like he's doing already and so I want you to come don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together when you're not here I miss you when you're not here your friends miss you when you're not here Jesus misses you because he's here amen and so just plug in to a new level of faithfulness and number four here's the fourth word that I want to call it's a church wide call of commitment everyone say come and then and then say care care for somebody that hebrews 10 25 says this it says and let us consider one another and 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 not and not only not forsaking the assembling but let us care for one another exhorting one another in other words, invest your life into someone. Realize there's someone here that needs what you have. And reach out and touch and help and care for other people. That's a wonderful fourfold, ten-week, uh, church-wide call to commitment, if you ask me. And I want to challenge you to plug into it and get involved. And over the next ten weeks, not only myself, but Beverly and Josh and Jim are going to share some key truths uh, about learning to live like Jesus. With that in mind, I want to give you our keynote scripture for the next 10 weeks that I'm going to share from today as an introductory message. It's Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. And it says this. Everyone read it out loud with me together. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. Let's start over and give me a little volume. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me 
and gave himself for me. Where's that found? Galatians 2.20. Let's read it again because I would encourage you not only to read it but to memorize it. There, let me just say, I'm going to, re- I'm going to give you some insight from this verse in a few moments. I'm telling you, this verse right here is just chock full of, of God's word and wisdom and will and way to help you and me and equip us to live and, and, and grow and be like Jesus. Read it again with me together. Paul said this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. Father, thank you today for the reading of your word. May it bring forth much fruit in our life, and may we find ourselves, Lord, over the next few days and weeks, Lord, and even these next few months, Lord, growing and becoming more like you and living like Jesus. And everyone said amen. Interesting little insight about living like Jesus, and this is this sounds like a contradiction of terms, but it's so true. We see this in this Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I want to talk to you today about dying to live. Dying to live. Someone say dying to live. Listen, learning to live like Christ, catch this, or becoming Christ-like, which is the same thing, requires us to live a crucified life. That's what Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. Now, where was Jesus crucified? On the cross, amen? In fact, he, he goes back to it at the end of this verse. He said, who loved me and gave himself for me. I want us just to pause for a moment right now and thank God that he gave his, that Jesus came and gave his life for, for all of us. Father, thank you for that gift you've given us. You gave your life on the cross so we could have a new life in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, look, now turn to Romans chapter 6, and while you're turning there, uh, just, in, just Paul begins to really bring some explanation to this thought about I'm crucified with Christ. And if you have time, and I would encourage you to do this later, if you go back to Romans chapter 5, he begins to talk about our faith. We've been justified. I talked to you about that in a moment ago. By what? By faith. That's the first verse. And he goes down through and he talks about the fact that Christ died for us. It's chapter 5. Uh, he says this but in verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's what Paul said. He said, uh, he, uh, Christ lives in me and the life I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So in Romans chapter 5 and 6, he's, he's validating the, 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 the crux of Christianity as the death barrel and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without the death barrel and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are just another religion. Let me tell you where Mohammed is today. He's still in his tomb. You think of any other religious leader that people thought were, hey, where are they? They're still in the tomb. There's only one that differentiates himself from all the rest. That is Jesus Christ. Because up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. And so that's what chapter 6 is all about, plugging us into this crucified life. In fact, Paul said this, if you fast forward on into 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, he said this, I die daily. He's not talking about physical death, is he? 
he's talking, he's not, he's not, certainly not talking about spiritual death because we were dead before we gave our lives to Christ and he lifed us. We're going to see that here. But what's he talking about? I'm dying to myself. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. And in reality, did you know this? That the, the cross of Christ, he paid the price for everyone. There's an old hymn that goes something like, I wish I, I might could sing it. I don't know. I dare. Uh, it says, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they hung him on the tree? Were you there? Oh, and I can't sing it. But yes, we were there. He did it for us. He did it for you. He did it for Scotty. He did it for me. He did it for Eugene. He did it for all of us, for Tiffany. We were there. He paid the price in our behalf. And that's what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. He said, man, I want to tell you something. I've been crucified with him. There's something happened at Calvary that you and I can embrace in our life. And let me say this, and then we're going to read some scripture here. Let me say, before you gave your life to Christ, you were dead and separated from Christ. But when you gave your life to Christ, when you confessed him as the Lord and the leader, what did Paul say? I live, This life I live today on this earth, I live by faith. Everyone say, by faith. When you put your faith in the finished work of, cross, uh, of the cross, uh, Jesus died for us on the cross, you are, what did the Bible say? Is born again, and you are no longer a slave to the sin that separated you from God. If you're with me, say amen. With that in mind, let's read chapter 6. I'm going to read all the way to verse 23. Can you handle that this morning? Here we go. I think I can. What shall we say then? Now, let me stop. I may never get through it. He's talking about the cross and what the cross did for us and that we've been justified by faith. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Someone answer that. Certainly not, he said in chapter 6, verse 2. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? In other words, you're supposed to be dead to this stuff. Or, or do you not know that many of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we had been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, everyone say knowing this. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with. Or the Greek there could better, better, pardon me, better read, rendered inoperative. Be done away with, that we should no longer be what? Slaves to sin. There we go. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Somebody just stop and say hallelujah. For the death that he died, he died for, to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also, uh-oh, here comes the application. You also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. I don't know if you're old enough to remember the Living Bible. It's a paraphrase. I'll never forget this. When I read it as a young, uh, born-again believer right out of high school, the Living Bible said this, Don't let sin reign in your puny body any longer. 
It made me feel really good about myself. But hey, we don't have to do that. It goes on to say, uh, verse 13, And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that? And man, he keeps, you know what he's saying here? Man, there's some things you don't know that you need to know. If you're going to live the crucified life, there's some things you need to know. I'm going to tell you some in just a moment. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked. Somebody say amen. But God be thanked that though you were slaves to sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine or teaching to which you were, uh, to, to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin. Say amen. You became slaves of what? Righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have in the things for which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, You have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Everybody say amen. Amen. Man, we can just go home now. You're dismissed. That's some great stuff right there. But that would make me an unfit preacher maybe. I want to share some things with you about living the crucified life. I'm going to give you five things. that if we're going to live this crucified life, and hey, listen, you take this Romans 6. I know there was a lot there. But what Paul was saying to this church, listen, hey, because of what Christ did on the cross, you're justified by faith, and you stand in the grace of God. Read Romans 5. And so, hey, it's not a... It's not a, a, a a freedom to sin, it's a liberation from sin. It's, he says, hey, can we continue in sin that grace may abound? Just, hey, you got me covered? No, absolutely not. Certainly not. I'm going to say certainly not. But it's revelation and insight about now because of the fact that we have embraced what the cross has done for us, we, we don't have to sin anymore. And we can thus become more like him. And we can be like Paul the apostle who said, I am crucified with Christ. I die, I die daily. It's no longer I who live. Listen, if you're going to live like Christ, Christ has to live on the inside of us. Amen. And he said, in the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What's he saying? My life, we, we sing this, my life is in you, Lord, my strength is in you. That's where it all comes from. Are you with me? Say amen. So with that in mind, Romans 6, to live the crucified life, number one, there are some things you and I need to know. There's some things we need to know. You know what the Bible says uh, about, uh, it says, uh, I think it's in Hosea. It says, my people are what? Destroyed for a lack of what? Knowledge. 
There's some things we have to know. And what Paul is saying here when he begins to talk about the cross and talk about grace and talk about the price Jesus paid, and talk about the fact that we were crucified with Christ, he said, this, if you don't know this, you're in trouble. How many of you, when, when you don't know something, there's some form of trouble comes? Man, I... I, I'm going to really digress, but I had computer problems. Anybody have computer? Oh, man. Man, I have a computer that's not supposed to have problems. I'm having problems. It's jammed up, jelly tight, and it's having problems. And I just barely can tell you, I'm ner- man, I don't know what to do. And finally, when you don't know what to do, you call the people who know what to do. And I called the people who knew what to do, and they said, well, come on down. They came down, and they fixed me up. Man, they gave me knowledge and, and insight and way and means. I came home, barely can tell you, I was almost giddy. <laughs> Look at here. I, I just didn't know what to do. They knew what to do. And so once I learned about what to do and who to do it and all that man, it set me free. Hallelujah. And what Paul's saying here about, about our salvation, there's some things you and I need to know. In fact, he asked the question in verse 3. He said, uh, well, verse 2, he, verse 1 through 3, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? In other words, you're, you're missing something here, guys. You're dead to sin. Uh, according to the cross, you're dead to sin. He said, or do you not know? In other words, do you not have knowledge about what really happened on the cross? That you were actually there and he paid for your sin on the cross and gave you the capacity to, to live a victorious life in Christ. He said, don't you know this? Look at verse 6. He said, knowing this. Here's some things you need to know. That our old man, our sin nature that kept us enslaved to sin was crucified with him that the body of sin might be rendered ineffective with uh, uh, and be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. He said, listen, the cross has made a way for you to say nope to dope and yes to Jesus. Before that, you had no capacity because you were a slave to sin. You were dead, the Bible says, in your trespasses and sins. But Ephesians says, you he made alive. Why? Because you were there. Are you with me? But if you don't know this, you're just like, you're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so Paul is bringing revelation and insight about living the crucified life. Look in verse 9. He says, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. There's some things you need to know. Go back to verse 5. He said this, For if we had been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Back up to verse 4. He said, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. He said, these are some things that you need to know because of the cross. You see, you can't be good enough to get to God. You can't be good enough to stay right with God. It's His mercy and grace, faith in the finished work of the cross, and and realizing and coming to the place that we know that Jesus Christ paid for our sin, that we no longer need to be slaves to sin. We are slaves to God. All right. You got to know that. That's a powerful thing. It's not within us to say nope to dope. It's not within us to resist the enemy. We were by nature children of wrath, uh, Ephesians says. It was our nature. Did anybody have to teach you how to hit your sister? 
No, it's in your nature. Did anybody teach you? Have to? Well, somebody probably taught you how to cuss. I don't know, but our sin nature. Hey, listen, it's just our nature. We're natural born sinners. Separated from God. But if you know some things, you can begin to live a crucified life. Have you ever tried just to stop something in your own natural? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing that. It's like Bluebell. You know, I ain't even going down there. It's hard to do. It's impossible in many ways, especially to deal with the sin nature. So there's some things we need to know. And Jesus said this, and, 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 and as you read through the gospel, I'm going to tell you there's going to be a lot of things you're going to get to know about Jesus. Not only are you going to get to know about him, but you're going to get to know him. And here's one thing he said about the word of God in John chapter 8, 31 and 32. He said, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. How many of you know Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? You'll know the truth, and the truth shall set you or make you free. And so I want you to embrace these, this, this revelation knowledge you're gonna, that you're even getting right now, that you're going to get as we go down these 10 weeks, as you read through the red and you read the Gospels, you'll get to know the truth, know Him, and the truth is going to set you free, and you're going to begin to realize, man, I'm living a more of a crucified life, not because I've been good or better, or, you know, and, and don't smoke or chew, but go with the girls that do, but no, it's just because I'm beginning to know some things, some truths about what happened on the cross, and it's lifting me out of my pit. It is setting me free, putting my feet on a solid rock. Somebody say amen. So if we're going to live a crucified life, there's some things you and I need to know. Look at somebody around you and just tell them this. You don't know it all. You don't know it all. Remember, you, you might think I do, but I don't know it all. I wouldn't do that to her. I'm not a know-it-all. Eugene, I'm not a know-it-all. I don't know it all. There's some truth I don't know. And the more I know, it's the truth. It's not the truth. I remember Oprah. I don't know about Oprah's eternal security. But Oprah said this one time. She got thought she was being real spiritual. Now, I just want to just let you know, very rarely do I watch Oprah. Only if I have to, and I don't have to. Oprah said this one time I heard her. She said, well, you know what the Bible says, the truth will set you free. She thought she was being real spiritual. She misquoted the scripture. The truth doesn't set you free. It's the truth you know. If the truth set you free, this is old, but I've done it before. You just set the Bible on your head and go home because this is the truth. The truth doesn't set you free. It's the truth you know. That you trust in, rely upon, and cling to. So, hey, to live the crucified life, there's some things you and I need to know. But number two, to live the crucified life, there's some things you and I need to consider. Everyone say consider. Look in verse 11. He says this. He says, likewise you also reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin. But alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That word reckon uh, uh, is can better be translated or just as easily be translated as consider. It's a math term in a sense. He said, ponder, think, reckon yourselves to be dead. 
unto sin and alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's almost like he's saying this. Get all these facts that I'm telling you, these truth facts that I'm shooting at you, that you were there on the cross, that uh, that that uh, you've been crucified with Christ, you've been raised to walk in a new life. You don't longer have to be a slave to sin, but you can be a slave to God. You're freed from sin. That, that bondage to sin has been broken off of you. Get all those things and begin to mold them and consider them and ponder them and, and, and and, and think about them and add them all up together and to come and come to some conclusion about what Christ did for you on the cross. And that conclusion is this. Hey, I can live above and not beneath. I am no longer a slave to sin. I'm a slave to God. I've been set free. Somebody say amen. I'm adding up all these facts and I'm coming to the conclusion that sin shall not reign in my puny body any longer. Amen. And you know, if, if you're born again and you sin, and we all sin, you know why you sin? Not because you had to, but because you wanted to. You still, that's why Paul said, I have to die daily. How many of you, about the time you think you've got the victory over something, it'll come try to slap you upside the head again? Paul said, I die daily. And so to live the crucified life, there's some things you and I need to consider. We need to reckon, come to some conclusions. I'm dead to sin. Not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. Because of what Christ has done for me on the cross. Listen, this is exciting to me. He didn't just die for you and rise again so you could go to heaven. How many appreciate the fact you're going to heaven? Man, he died and rose again so you could live for him and live like him and learning, learn to live like Jesus here in this life. You know what Paul said about you and me? He said, I'm confident in this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, there's a process going on of us learning and becoming more like Christ, learning to live like Jesus. Some of you got you got stuck somewhere along the way, and you you, you just quit say, you know, for some reason, you're, you're just kind of ho-hum, the tune is dumb, and the words don't mean a thing. I'm telling you, the next 10 weeks, you and I, we can come out of this hole of, of repetitive sin and not really modeling and walking and living like Jesus. And we can come out on Easter Sunday going, whoo, look what the Lord has done. Come on now. Woo, thank you, Jesus. We're going to have to begin to consider this. Meditate, ponder. Number three, to live a crucified life. There are some things you and I just need to refuse. Some things we just got to refuse. And we have the power to refuse them, to say no. Look what he says in verse 12 again. Therefore, do not let sin reign or be Lord or in control of your mortal or fleshly or natural body that you should obey its lust. What did Paul say back in Galatians 2.20? This life I live in the flesh. He's not talking about sin nature. It's just his body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, this is how I'm living above my, my sin nature. I'm living a resurrected life because of what Christ has done for me because of the fact that he loved me and he gave himself for me. Therefore, I'm saying no to this. How do you say no in your own strength? No, by faith in the finished work of Christ. You have power. You are no longer a slave to sin. Sin does not control you anymore. 
I got one person believes that. Sin does not control you anymore. I'm begging for it. Sin does not control you any longer. It's true. So we got to just refuse some things. Look over in Colossians 3. Just take a right for a second. Hold your place there in Romans and, and, and just keep going right. Get past Corinthians and go Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Oh, there's a lot here that applies. Let me just read. If you then, verse 1, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Let me just stop and say, what do you have to do? No to this, yes to that. Someone said, you know, inside every believer there's a black dog and a white dog. Which one? And they're fighting. Which one's going to win? The evil black dog or the beautiful white dog? What's the answer? The one you feed. If you feed the black dog, he's going to start winning. If you feed the righteousness of God in you, that, that will begin to win on the inside of you. And that's what Paul is telling the Colossians. He says, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth, for you die. There you go. I am dead. We used to sing that. I am dead. I am dead. I am dead and my life is hid with Christ in God. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. For I am dead and my life is hid with Christ in God. That's country singing right there. We're dead. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God has come upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off. Somebody say, put off. I'm putting that off. I'm putting off. I'm putting off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. In other words, you're going to look like Jesus, live like Jesus, walk like Jesus. But if you're going to look like Jesus, live like Jesus, and walk like Jesus, there are some things you have to refuse and say no. Not in your own strength, in the strength, because I'm dead, verse 3, and my life is hidden with Christ in God. Are you with me? Say amen. To live the crucified life, there's some things you and I must consider. And number two, there's some things you and I must refuse. And number three, if you go back to Romans 6, there's some things you and I must, uh, some things you and I must and need to yield. Everyone say yield. Verse 13 says this, and do not present your members as instruments of righteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Are you with me? Say amen. In fact, I love, I love the word that instruments means weapons. Don't present your members as weapons of unrighteousness to sin. In fact, King James says, do not yield your members 
as instruments of unrighteousness. So there's some, hey, in our life, we present, we yield ourselves. And I love what this word means. It means to yield, to give over, to hold out something to someone for acceptance. In other words, you take your life, you take your mind, your body, your soul, who, the totality of who you are, and you yield it to God. You hold it out to Him for His acceptance. Here it is, Lord. Here's my life. My life is in you, God. What does Romans 12 say? If you go over there, 12, verse 1 and 2, he said this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. That's a powerful word. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. He urges you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies. There it is. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Aren't you glad Jesus died so you could live? That you don't have to present your body on the cross. That he already did it for you. And now all you and I have to do is we present it as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. Which is your reasonable service. And look what happens when you do. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Where does all this begin? It begins right here. Listen. Lord, I give you my mind. Okay. I've been thinking bad things. I've been thinking wrong things. Paul, in other passages, he says, hey, whatever is good, holy, right, think on these things. Hey, read the red. Get into the word. Begin to wash your brain. Somebody said, oh, you Christians, you're just brainwashed. No, yeah, we are. We just chose who washed on our brains. Rub-a-dub-dub. And we renew our mind. We begin to think right thoughts. You think right thoughts, you'll do right things. And you won't be conformed to this world. You'll begin to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Where does it begin? Lord, I give you my mind. I give you my body. I give you my soul. I sort of sing another song that goes down that line. But I'll, I'll spare you today. I'm feeling a little melodic this morning. Uh, but hey, we give our minds, our lives to God. And we, we yield them to Him. Here you go, Lord. Ooh, I can't handle this. This is yours. There are some things in our life that you and I need to yield to God. And finally, from Romans 6, if we're going to live the crucified life, there are some things, and let me throw this in, and someone you and I need to trust. What did Paul say in Galatians 2, 20, and what did he say in, in Romans 5? We're justified by faith. The life I live in this body, I live by faith. I put my trust in Him. I trust Him with my life. I trust Him with my finances. I trust Him with my future. I trust Him with everything. I give Him. I'm going to live. You want to live like Jesus? You're going to have to live by faith in Jesus. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If somebody died for you, you'd have to trust that person a little bit. He took your place. He took our place. And the crux of Christianity is our ability to trust in the finished work of Calvary. He died for me. I was there on the cross. Not only did he die for me, he rose again that I could have a new life too. And that sin nature 
that lordship has been broken off of me, that, 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 that I'm no longer a slave to sin. Verse 17, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Verse 22, but now having been set free from sin, having become slaves of God. How did that happen? By faith. You're justified, chapter 5, verse 1, by faith. Romans 10 talks about if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, believe in our heart. How did that happen? Well, he said we obey from the heart, that teaching which we heard. We obey from the heart. We'll be what? Saved. We're born again by faith. And if you're born again by faith, you have to live by faith and walk by faith. In the finished work of the cross. Are you with me? Go back to Romans chapter 1 and I'll read two verses. Paul said in chapter 1 verse 16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul's right there. What is the gospel? If you go to 1 Corinthians 15, you'll find out it's the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. He died for me and he rose again so I could have a new life too. That's the gospel. Amen. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God for what? Salvation for everyone who does what? Believes. You've got to have faith. For the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And as it is written, and Martin Luther will attest, the just shall live by what? Faith. And so today... If you're going to live like Jesus, you've got, to, you've got to die to live. If you want to really live for him and him live in you and, 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 and Christ in you, the Bible says, the hope of glory. What Paul say in Galatians 2.20? Christ lives in me. You're going to do so by faith. You've got to die to yourself and realize... Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. You died for me. So I could live. Live above and not beneath. Live a resurrected life. To live the crucified life. There's some things you and I consider. I'm just considering myself dead to this. Whatever it is that's your hang-up, you know what? He was hung up for your hang-ups. I don't know what your hang-up is today, but he was hung up for your hang-ups. Whatever got you hung up, he was already hung up for your hang-ups. So, so whatever your hang-up is, he's already taken care of it on the cross. And we can yield ourselves and refuse to let the sins of this life overwhelm us. And we yield our bodies as instruments of God. We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice unto God, which is our reasonable service of worship. And we put our faith in him. Amen. Let's bow our heads before the Lord and let's just thank him for what he's done for us on the cross today. Father, thank you for the power of Calvary. Lord, Paul said in Romans 1, he said, it's the power of God to salvation. 
Lord, that we can't work our way into heaven, but we, we fall upon the finished work of Christ. For, Lord, you said in your last words before you breathed your last, it is finished. And, Lord, we put our faith in the finished work of the cross and in the resurrection power of Christ. And as we begin this journey, Lord, though we're already on a journey, as we begin this church-wide journey to live like Jesus, may we live the crucified life. May we be able to say with Paul, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. May that be our motto. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. That ought to get us started. That ought to get you moving in the right direction. Amen. What are we going to do? We're going to read through the gospel. So let me just let me encourage you to do that. These next ten weeks, just take just take your Bible, find some find some. Jesus went to his solitary place, and uh, you find a place that is solitary, and you read the red. Just read and 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 just start and just say, Jesus, speak to me through your word today. Let your word shine on my heart. Get your pen and paper out. Write down your thoughts. And just let Jesus speak. Get to know him. Know the truth. The truth will set you free. Pray and just talk to God. Don't worry about anything, Paul said. Pray about everything. Jesus said, when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Let's pray every day. Someone said this once, if you don't get with him in the morning, you'll be looking for him by the afternoon. Give him the first fruits of your day. Whatever that is. If you work nights, you've got to get creative. And then come to church. Bring your friends and family. Come and let's grow together. And then care about others. These next 10 weeks, just care about people. Exhort people. Encourage people. Touch people and bless them. Beverly and I were with someone this past week. And I told her this. I told her before we met this person, I said, Beverly, I had this little vision that we're supposed to pray for this person. I said, I, I don't know what it means. I just had this little little. might have been when I woke up this morning and I just saw me laying my hands on this person. I said, if I'm not here, because I didn't know if I'd be here when they, I said, we got to pray for this person. And I'm telling you, uh, when Beverly and I were there and this person was there, I just said, I said, uh, I just told him, I said, this morning I had this little mini vision and it was for me praying with you and us praying for you. And for about an hour, we, Beverly and I, just ministered and cared for someone. Care for people. Well, I want somebody to care for me. 
Well, I'll give you a hug if you need it. I'll pray for you if you need it. But listen, one of the best ways to get through your stuff is care for somebody else. Let's stand together. Lord, I feel so good about the next few weeks. I feel very encouraged, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that you're right here with us. And I pray for each one here today that, that Lord, we would catch this calling to live like Jesus. We would catch this commitment to, to, uh, to grow and be more like you, to read the red and to, and to pray and to come to church and care for other people. Lord Jesus, we, we want to be like you. We want to be like you. We want to be able to say with Paul, Christ lives in me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen.